Hello, everybody. Hello, everyone. Hello, and welcome back to Photographonics. Photographonics, there we go. Third episode, I'm still stuttering. Uh, <laughs> I think you should practice, like, mid-episode. Yeah, yeah, I should be like, I should, I should treat it like a yoga session, like, phot- photographonics, photographonics. Yeah. <laughs> Do the tree pose. <laughs> yeah. All right, um, so I think today we'll be talking about, I think we, we promised this last episode, um, we'll be talking about the editing process. Mm-hmm. Um, and we we're very prepared for this one. We've we've actually written down notes, mm. uh, so <laughs> I think yeah, I mean, we definitely this have. Be, this should be good. So um, yeah, I think I think to start, um, if I can find my notes, actually, yeah. So um, yeah, I, I think for me personally, um, I just want to quickly state that you know, just for me personally, I, a lot of these techniques actually start for me when I'm actually taking the photos. Yeah. Um, so you know, it's all about taking photos with editing in mind for me. Oh, yeah, definitely. Me too. I agree with that one, definitely. Yeah. And I, I always take photos while, you know, while thinking, okay, so, you know, what can I do with that part of the photo? Have I got enough enough exposures? If I take this photo with a person in, the, in you know, in the public, in, should I take another one without them so that it's easy to remove them? All that kind of stuff. And um, anything to, you know, how am I going to make take the photos that I need in order to complement my editing process and make my edit, editing process easier or, you know, or my end photo better. I don't know if that's the same for you. Oh, yeah, definitely. I mean, I know some photographers are very sort of like, I'm going to have a start to finish like a one, two, three kind of setup. And I, I, I do feel that myself as well. Like, it kind of goes back to like the sort of feeling that you get when you bec- first become really like kind of geared into photography. You get that sort of photographer's eye. It's like, you're like, okay, that looks really, you know, precise and cut and it really kind of like like a tunnel vision. Like you look at something and you're just like, I know what that's going to be. I know I'm going to title it. I know I'm going to edit it. You know, I mean, like the, just the details that you just think about. Like you can, you know that they're just going to like fit well. Like I mean, some photos you don't know whether they're going to work or not. Like you were saying when we was both on um, both at shooting on when we done the first episode. Actually, that was the same day. And when you was looking at a shot the way you wanted to do it, and you was really unsure about it, wasn't you? Yeah, it's but going back to what you said about like having something in your mind, I think that's what where part of the this satisfying part of photography the comes procreation. from. Yeah, you just have this thing in your mind, and you can kind of see it as like a. I mean, I see it like a puzzle. Yeah, and like how is everything going to fit together? I mean, a lot of people think it's just like click and go, but for me, yeah. and I, you know, the majority of photographers out there don't take it seriously. It's a much deeper process where you kind of look at it like a puzzle. It's less of a uh, it's, it's less it's less of a chore when you don't just keep taking and taking. Exactly. That way. Yeah. You, you got to treat it like you love something. It's an art form. Yeah, exactly, completely. Um, and I, I think <clears throat> I think in terms of I mean there are different levels of what people want to get out of the editing process. Mm. You know, some people they're good with just taking it and leaving it as it is, or taking it yeah and, new, naked uh, yeah and just doing basic edits, but for me personally, the <clears throat> excuse me, the three main things that I needed for me to be able, you know, like needed to like really get down and learn um, to, in order for me to do the photos that I do. So one of them was um, trying to. Fi- I mean, this took me ages to figure out. But layers in Photoshop. Oh yeah. It, it, like it just blew my mind. I was like, how is this? What is this? What's going on with this? And I think what helped me, and I think what will help with other people, if you really want to get into Photoshop, um, learn about layers. Yes. And I think the easiest thing for me is to see layers as, as like 
pieces of like card. Um, so they're all on top of each other, and you use like a scalpel to kind of, you know, cut out. Yeah, and then yeah. Cut out the layers, and then that kind of reveals the layers below. That's how I think of it. And I think as soon as I saw it like that, that's that's what kind of made it easy for me. To, and um, I think the the second thing um, that I find really important is to learn about layer masks. Yes. Um, and that kind of ties into like talking about the real world. That ties into you know taking loads of photos on a tripod. So if you have like you know, I don't know, five photos all taken in exactly the same place and then you just kind of put them into um, layers, you can easily use layer masks to kind of like reveal things from different photos. Yeah, yeah. Uh, like, so like a merge, stuff. like a, like a stitch in a merging sort of situation, yeah. Exactly, and I, yeah, and uh, me and I know a lot of people use it to kind of remove people from the public, so you know, you, oh, take, yeah, yeah. you, you literally take about 20 photos and then you just kind of like paint people out and all that kind of stuff so that that really helps for me and i think that'll help for other people and the third thing, thing for me is clone stamping and healing brush um to kind of you know again remove things uh replace things and yeah i think those three things for me i don't know about you are, are really important with with photoshop yeah i mean um like coming from like a more graphics perspective because i don't really use photoshop primarily for a photo editing session yeah. I will use it sometimes if 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 um in so many words Lightroom nags me to the point because with me I I sometimes do have a very small tendency to just like get really annoyed with a certain app and just go on to another app and use another app and that might yeah. and that might sound like I'm being very negative just because I can't get what I want but at the same time like sometimes you might be working against your own clock like you're not working to like it's not like uh, oh no I I have to do this before I leave work sort of the situation it's more like so like I want to post this at x amount of time like i don't really want to exceed it by one or two minutes i mean i can give 10 minutes or you know like five minutes like after i want to post it because i know it's, i know it's not going to kill me it's not like literally like godzilla like everything's going to crush around you kind of thing or like you know armageddon or something but thankfully photography is yeah. not that scary but yeah <laughs> but at the same time photoshop the swing about photoshop you were saying like you know with the layers like i i i, I, I always think of the silly joke you know um, in shrek when they goes ah. Oh, you know, ogres have layers. Like, I know it sounds silly, but, like, it always I, sticks in my mind. I, I, I'm so glad you said that, because I, I think exactly the same thing. <laughs> I, think <laughs> I think of it like onion. Like an onion. <laughs> yeah, because, like, uh, there's all, like, yeah. there's so many layers. It's, like, it, when when someone shows you, like, it, it's very funny, actually, because, like, in the graphics, or, like, when someone shows you, like, um, their layer situation, and it's, like, you either, you, it's either, like, a, oh, that's actually quite cool, and then there's, like, a, whoa, that's a lot of layers and folders. Like, what is going on? You literally, yeah. like, you, you know at that point, like, how much effort has been put into the shot. And I think, I think when it comes to that, like, being, like, whoa, like, I think what helps with layers <clears throat> is um, to kind of group stuff together. Yes. And always to name your layers. Um, I'm very sloppy. Really I'm very sluggish with that. <laughs> I can't help myself. I've got a bit of a bad tendency of just going group one, group 100. <laughs> yeah, I, I used to be like that, but now I just kind of like name things like, I don't know, like stars or like uh, whatever it is. Like, uh, oh, something to recognise it by, yeah. Yeah, something to recognise it by. So that's, I think that helps so in t if you've got a lot of layers. And uh, so what, what are the main things like you do when you're editing? Yeah, well, um, I'll say if, if there's one thing I do when I'm editing, if it's on the computer, which obviously we were talking about mostly computer this second, obviously we'll get onto mobile in a little bit because I do a mobile situation, which is a bit more lengthy. But with Lightroom, there's, I have a nag that they don't have like, a sort of a layer situation like Photoshop. Like, I know they're two different applications, but I would like it if, if it was an optional thing where you could, you know, remove certain parts of it, like certain filters and certain details. I know you can back up 
you know, like what you've done, like you can reverse certain things, but like yeah. it's not intuitive to me and it kind of annoys me. Right. Like it'd be nice to group certain things together, but that's just because they're two different applications. They're probably two different teams that make the apps for starters. I know you can do, yeah. you can, you know, you can do cognitive stuff where you go back and forth between the two, um, which I guess you could say is like sort of like handoff. You can hand off between the two apps. And I like that. That doesn't, that doesn't hurt me. What really hurts me with Lightroom is that like, it's complex but are not a bad complex. And then at the same time, you got so many different things, like kind of like bug bearing you around you, like, oh, this here, this there. It's the same with Photoshop, really. Photoshop's like, oh, you can't do this. You can't do that. And like, you puzzle yourself, you go on the internet, and then by the time you've done that, it's been 10 minutes. Um, so like, that's probably the reason why when I'm talking about somebody getting started into photography, if you've got a phone, just start editing on your phone. Even use Lightroom on your mobile because it is even more intuitive there than it is on the computer. And if you can learn that, then you can learn the PC version, but obviously, or the Mac version, but it obviously costs a lot of money, it does. So you've got to really kind of commit to the computer versions, of course. But then you've got the mobile versions, which really kind of like offer up like, you know, a, a five to ten pound solution or a free solution in the terms of Snapseed, which I will go into probably a little bit of detail on. Because Snapseed, Snapseed is my bay of editing, I will be honest. <laughs> Did you just bay Snapseed? Yeah. I've I, I've loved I've loved it from the minute that it uh, that they started making the app. I mean, I was not a big fan of it when it was like um, an, a standalone company that run it. But when Google I, took it over, it was bloody amazing. I, I I used it for a while. I couldn't get into it, but it's interesting that you you mentioned because um, you know these these kind of things are really good for kind of doing basic. And I'm not I'm not saying basic as in yeah. as in bad. Saying I'm saying kind of like um, you know highlights shadows. And when it comes to that kind of stuff, so, I mean, we're going back and forth with programs here, but obviously I use Photoshop. And um, one of the first things that you do when you open a, a, um, a raw file, and that's another thing, if you want to be editing like properly in Photoshop, use raw files. Uh, oh, yes. Set this in your camera to raw, and yeah. then you're good to go. But, I, shoot, like, I always shoot raw, nothing raw. less. <laughs> yeah. Uh, in terms of editing, as soon as you open up a raw file, you get into camera raw. Um, and I think getting your head around that oh, yeah. and standing what happens if you kind of reduce the highlights um it's scary it is it's like it's like the difference between it changing from vector to bitmap again exactly exactly um yeah and i think getting your head around camera raw is obviously like the first thing that people you know kind of need to get their heads around once you've gotten your head around layers layer masks and um it's, it's, it's a it's a, it's a dream yeah. <laughs> and then, yeah and then another another thing that i do actually quite quite a lot in in photoshop and again, it's one of these things. I think Photoshop is full of features that you just have to keep pushing, utilizing uh, them, yeah, to get your head around. Because I, it took ages to get my head around this. But blending modes. Oh yes, uh, I, I'm still struggling with that myself. Like I find some of the smaller things on there that shouldn't be really that difficult too hard. I mean, I've never learned it in a photography course. I've never done anything yeah. that requires someone else to help me other than the internet. <laughs> But uh, yeah, no. Uh, well, you what, you think I was born with this? I mean, oh no, that's the, that's the point, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah, literally, that's how everyone that I know is. They they just learn it from YouTube videos, and like it's the one best of the way. ones I keep mentioning is is Flern. If you go to P H L E A R N, um, you will literally learn Photoshop like within a few months. It's really really good. But in terms of um, blending modes, I I still don't know kind of what each, what each one you know does i kind of just cycle through them yeah and so basically they work um if you've got more than one layer so if you've got two layers and you go on a particular blending mode it will kind of reveal the highlights of one it will hide the shadows of another it does all that kind of stuff so i think yeah. that's another thing that um i don't know if you've used them before or, or... 
not really. I mean, I've used I've used similar named options in Lightroom, but even there are quite basic and well. When I say basic, I mean I'm meant to mean like they're mediocre. They're not like medium pro or like you know expert kind of tools. I think Photoshop really like Photoshop. You've got to really be prepared for it. Like I thought Lightroom was going to be quite hard, but actually Lightroom. Um, and not to discredit what I said earlier, Lightroom is definitely advanced in many ways, but it really Lightroom Lightroom's basically like. Um, Photoshop's little sister, really, in a way, if that makes sense. But it's obviously, yeah. and the little sister is more interested in other things than Photoshop is, which is the case with Lightroom. Lightroom is very much interested, um, interests people that are photography based, and very much geared around, you know, critiquing the photo rather than manipulating the photo. If that makes sense, it's it's about the edit, not the what I can do more extra, which is what Photoshop does for you, right? Yeah, yeah. For me, like, I just love completely making photos look really different i don't know why i just find it really satisfying yes um, the satisfaction <laughs> it it is but uh, you know speaking of lightroom i actually like and speaking of the editing process i actually saw so i don't know if you've seen this i saw something the other day where it's like an external kind of keyboard device interface that you can buy yeah that helps you control things within Lightroom. I don't know if you've seen this before. It reminds me of like, you know, when you got like Final Cut Pro X and like um, Creative Pro, um, was it Premiere Pro? Like they've got keyboards, like shortcuts and stuff. It's like that basically. It's basically an editing keyboard, isn't it? Yeah, but it's like, it's literally like... Like macros uh, and stuff. It's exactly, it's, it's primarily for Lightroom. It's like built for Lightroom. It's like this external thing right it looks amazing you got and, you basically got like uh, stickers over the keys or like or like specific buttons that like will activate a certain thing within the computer it's basically like how gamers have it like you can pick up a gaming keyboard and do the same thing really it's just it's more gear for a gamer really isn't it exactly and i think if, if people because it can get quite pernickety like you know using your um you know mouse to control things in, in photoshop or like learn, learn, learn hotkeys <laughs> yeah uh, yeah literally uh yeah uh, um, all, all the commands on 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 my Mac. I've I've tried to. That's actually a really good point. I've actually tried to make an effort of trying to learn mm. what each uh, you know shortcut does. I don't know. I don't if, if you can't you learn your own art form, then what can you learn really? Like, so like people are like a bit too sluggish when it comes to certain editing things, and that kind of annoys me. Like, there are some photographers out there that get more recognition than others, and they're hardly doing anything to their shots, and it really kind of hurts the little people like me and you. I feel. With the way that they're being <laughs> sluggish, they don't think they're hurting us, but they are. They're hurting us inside. <laughs> they're, they're, they're doing it on purpose. Uh, <laughs> Not to uh, name anyone yeah. that we love, of course. Currently, uh, you know, on Ellie or anything like that. No one hurting us there. Don't worry. <laughs> and then uh, I, I think another thing for me. Have you got any other things that you kind of have in mind when you edit? Oh, actually, you, you know what? Speaking of external things, I have. I actually have it in my drawer right now. I'm looking at it. Um, I bought it a while ago. And it's, it's one of these things that I haven't used. It's it's one of these tablets that you can use to um, control, basically control your mouse and, and some commands. It's actually pretty good, but I just don't use it. I, it's one of these things I need to get used to. I, mm. I don't know if there's anything else that you use externally to help you, you know, you with your editing process. I mean, not really. No. I mean, I had sometimes in the past when I've had my iPad, um, I've I've hooked it up as like a, an external display. So like I'll put small little details from Photoshop, like, you know, like, or more like Lightroom, like, like certain things you can, I mean, there's certain things that you can take away from the app, like you can clo close certain windows, open certain windows, you know how like with like some softwares, you can have literally like the bare minimum or you can have all of it open, but you need some more displays for it. So like I use, I'd use that as a second display in a way. 
because with the brilliant bit with the iPad is like the application itself would actually interact with the computer so you could actually drag things around like it was the mouse. So it didn't feel like it was just an external display. It was actually more intuitive. I think the app's called uh, Duet Screen. It's £10. It's quite expensive, but um, I don't have an iPad now, so <laughs> I've had to transfer that um, that license onto a friend. So... Uh... <laughs> So I didn't get my, I didn't lose my money's worth. I gave him for a fiver, so he didn't feel like he was discredited. But you know, um, yeah. But if you if you have the means, I mean, I didn't need the iPad for much else other than that. So it really didn't serve much of an extra purpose because I really just, I, I, I'm so used to now using one screen. Like going into going onto two displays at my work at the moment is very, I can't describe it. It's very. Um, overwhelming if that makes sense because if you get yeah. so used to certain things it's like certain phone size screens like you, you you maybe had an iphone 5 for very many years you go to a bigger phone and then you look to the older phone it's like whoa how did i deal with that it's certain yeah. it's certain things that just make your brain confused so like i think when it comes to editing learn as much as you can don't overdo what you have available to you because like you were saying with the screens like you you haven't used a lot of it yet but at the same time People like love to get all the equipment early. They like to go, oh, do you know what? I want to be like this photographer. I want all this, you know, like a YouTuber. You know, you want to literally have everything in front of you. You want to basically win a competition of a gear, of gear, basically. But there's no point having all that gear if you don't know how to use it properly. So learn things in stages. Take small bites. Yeah, that's com that's completely true. Uh, just trying to think of any other kind of things that I, I think coming. I think now it's kind of the things that I have in mind things I've got on my notes here is kind of stuff that are more you don't have to do yeah but it's kind of nice to do so one of them is one of the things that I do not a lot but I have done before there's actually a photo that I'm looking at right now of mine um that I took of you know that um near uh Oxo Tower there's like yes that building with the, the neon tubes on I yes took a, I took a shot a while ago of that and it's one of the first times that I used perspective warp and mm. it's really interesting thing to play around with. And it's one of these things that you can really use to get these crazy like effects. So basically when you take photos of buildings, you, you they'll be kind of be warped in, in, in very strange ways. Oh, so like they're like, they're sort of like, um, not embossed, but they're like, they look like they're sort of like, you like doing a, like a sort of zoom in fly shot at them. Is that what you mean? Yeah. They, they kind of, it's just a perspective kind of, makes it look smaller at the top and, and it draws you know, it in bigger. and and basically perspective walk can really help you to correct that and you can do some crazy stuff with it like it almost like if you take a photo of like the corner of a like if you if you're looking at the corner of a building and you you've got like diagonally going away from you two roads you can take a photo of that and perspective warp it so it looks like you're take you're looking at the side of the building it's cr it's pretty crazy oh stuff. wow that's crazy, um, and I'm sure, in a way, like that kind of like makes the photo seem more interactive because, like, it's not easy to get shots like that unless you're like very, very niche, I guess. If that makes yeah, sense. Yeah, definitely, it can open up open up some doors for you. Um, and I think uh, another thing that I do quite a bit is, and I think really help people is to kind of get your head around transforming objects. Yes. So if you do Command T. Um, I can't remember what options you get. You get like a perspective option. You get a distort option. It can really help you to warp stuff. And I use it quite quite a lot when you know sometimes if if something doesn't quite fit in the photo, I will literally warp it. I'll I'll cut that bit out of the photo, add it as another layer, and I'll warp it so that things fit in to the images. And it really it just really kind of opens up 
opens up the process for you, like for you. If you can, you know, a lot of the times I'll take photos that are just absolute rubbish and I'll just put them into Photoshop, cut things around and kind of fit them in. And um, I think if you really kind of want to open up the possibilities of, of you know, taking photos, editing, then, um, yeah, transforming and kind of perspective warp is, is really one of them that kind of opened my eyes and blew my mind, to be honest. I think it really helped people. Yeah, I mean, that's that's something I would probably, you know, like to, you know, kind of get myself a bit more into because I feel like sometimes I'm not very happy or satisfied with my shots. Like, I feel like nearly about maybe a third or maybe just a little bit less than a third of the photos I took when I was with you, I don't like. I just, I'm, I'm just, I hate them so much, but at the same time, I don't want to delete them because I don't know whether I'm going to be able to use them down the line. And I feel like I might have an opportunity down the line. And that's another point, actually, just thinking about it. Always take as much photos of the same situation as you can because obviously it goes back to your point of like, you know, being able to use certain elements and putting them into the photo. You don't. You don't feel like you have to stand as long there. You could literally just go click, 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 click. Oh, there was an empty space in that shot there. Like if it was on the tube at like South War, uh, you know, South Walk, and you're like sitting in between that bit with the two signs and the escala escalators, stairs, kind of part in between a sort of shape that's like a ship. That perspective on your photo was fantastic. And obviously you said the way that you kind of improved on it was to get loads of photos and then warp everybody out of it, you know, kind of shape them out. So like, you know, just kind of think of it like that in a sort of way like don't kind of like limit yourself and that really kind of kicks me in the in the groin a lot it does actually to be i guess quite blunt like yeah. i really and it's funny actually because when you when you're like so adamant about getting what you want you're gonna you, you will literally beat yourself up if you don't get what you want you're just like Ugh, i can't believe i didn't do that i can't believe i didn't do this like there's no point crying over spilt milk but at the same time you're just like you're so adamant to get the shot you want, and then you're just kind of annoyed that you don't get it. So always, always take loads of photos because I did it so many times wrong when I was younger in photography. You know, as a younger photographer, I should say. And I'm sure you probably did it when you was a bit, you know, back in your stages. You never took as many. No, it's actually, it's actually really crazy that you say that because I went out shooting last night, and it got to the point where, like, exactly what you're saying. Like, I, I always have that where I'm like, I have to take as many photos as possible. Yeah. Unless I'm feeling really lazy. Um, yeah, I know what you mean. And it happened last night, and it happened at a very late time at night. I think it was something like um, midnight, and last train was like half an hour away, and I, I had to, you know, run back home basically. <laughs> like I couldn't. <laughs> I, I had to take because, I, but just simply because I was taking so many photos, like I, I could have gone home, but I was like, okay, but now I need. So I'll tell you what it was. It was that the um, Take Britain. It was yeah. the, um, the they put like a neon. Um, installation on the, on the front of Take Britain. Oh, wow. Uh, and it's amazing. And I took this photo, and, and as you can imagine, you've got the really bright Take Britain, but then you've got the really dark foreground of the of the floor. Mm. And so I was literally taking so many exposures of the both the building and the floor so that I kind of basically put the photo in half. Scope it, yeah. Um, yeah, and basically it's just covering all, it's all, it's covering all bases. It's yes. exactly what you're saying. And I think uh, it's, it's definitely an important thing to do if you kind of want to be able to cut things out and it's all it's all about taking photos for future use and I, I, I do exactly the same thing as you I'm holding on to photos that I took about three years ago me too simply because there's there's a bird in it that I can use in that in a photo in a photo like maybe maybe in five years time uh <laughs> it's, it's 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 a it's really a bugbear as photographers like it's something 
anybody who's a photographer or even you know is a videographer as well this kind of applies to both fields like you just you just feel like you have to hang on to things like a hoard at like the only difference is it's all digital rather than you know kind of manual being everywhere on your floor like maybe like clothes or something like that so like it's a different situation but then you still have to worry about how much memory you've got on your computer and if you've got the lowest spec macbook 128 gigabytes i just i just thought of those programs you know when they go around people's houses and they like clear up their houses yeah I can, ima- I can imagine a new one where they come around, they just clear up your hard drive. Listen, mate, you've got way too many photos on there. You need to get rid of them. I can't, though. I can't get rid of them. I, I just can't. Know. It's such a bug. I can't delete this shot. I know I'll need a, I'll need a, I'll need a toothbrush in that corner. No, maybe not a toothbrush. But, um, <laughs> I, I, I will probably be on one of those shows in a couple of years' time. But, um, yeah, I think um, just really quickly, I think another thing that I've got here that helps me save time is obviously I've got um, quite a dark, faded look to my photos. And for that, you know, if you've got anything in your editing process that you, you know you're going to be repeating for every single photo that you edit, presets are really important. And um, everyone always jokes about this, I'll buy my presets. But yes. it's, uh, it's very important to have presets because it, it, it does save me time. I don't know if you use them, but yeah. Mm. Uh, for me, I, I, I'm very much the same. Like, I'll have like a really big... I'll actually copy and paste the same Lightroom settings folder into every single one of the catalogs I make. Because yeah. if I don't have it in there, I've done it before. Like, you, you know, when you do like small little things that don't really need to be worried about, you're like, oh, for fuck's sake, why did I do that? You know, like, you're literally like on the verge of swearing, like, oh, it just, it just nags you. Like, it only probably wastes 30 seconds of your time because Lightroom's like really quick loading if it's, if you've got, if you've got it on a good computer. Um, yeah. But I mean, then just like having to close it again, go into the. Ca- I mean, you have to make the catalog first. Like it still annoys you. You make the catalog, then you close it. Then you go and copy and paste your, you know, your your bulk settings that you got set up. And I mean, it don't take like five minutes. It takes like literally like two point five milliseconds, if anything, to be a, yeah. you know to kind of exaggerate things. Um, but mate, oh my god, like certain little little things like that just bugbear me. Like having everything I need ready to go. It's like when I'm editing videos for the YouTube channel I do with my friend. If I don't have everything ready, I'm like I'm like um, I guess I'm like a little kid. I'm just like oh my god, I'm throwing the toys out the pram. I'm just so annoyed. Not happy. <laughs> I don't yeah. get what I want. I don't get to do what I want. <laughs> I think there's um, I think I've only got one more general thing that kind of helps me um, <laughs> I, but i don't know if you've got anything else that you kind of you you know you know that you kind of fall back on when it comes to editing well i mean i feel like the best thing to say about like kind of falling back on snapseed is fantastic for everything but it's like it's like a car review like everything can be amazing about the car but there is always going to be a big but like you could say you could say the moon is an amazing place but it's got something wrong with it still. There's always something, you always have to find something wrong in something, and it's never bad to find something wrong in something. Snapseed has a very big tendency to have so much similar variables, which, I forget, Google has not done bad or anything, but like, it's just like, for me as a photographer, I can't fully put my focus on Snapseed, so don't always, I guess say, I guess it kind of goes for everything, don't literally base yourself out of one app, because it will re- it'll ruin you. It will. If I have anything on my notes here that uh, that I don't mention in this podcast, it'll hurt me as the same way. Like I have to make my points. Um, out of the apps that I use, you know, like Room and First Shop and Mac, I sometimes do use Pixelmator Pro, Capture Ten, uh, Capture One Ten, I should say, um, and Color Strokes. But I, I don't know if I can use Color Strokes anymore. It's 
messing up like mad. I think the new I I think the new High Sierra update has messed it like to high heaven. But that's like you know for color splashing. I use that on the phone as well. So like I have a backup. That's one thing you definitely need backups. But when you come to like the editing of things, um, Snapseed not the be all to end all. Great with raw, but you know don't 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 you know kind of spare out the details on it don't worry about it polar with double r so like a polar bear with double it's basically double r great app use that for noir and night shots particularly amazing um in the way that like it sets its its um filters and effects out um avery is an also a really good one a v i a r y um it it's getting much better as it goes it's like visco cam but more like a sort of um a younger kind of more hip and happening version of it because visco is very it's very professional now it's gone very much in the professional direction it's not very sort of like amateur no more and like that don't hurt I, I mean everyone's you know got a bit of an amateur side i use instagram's built-in settings sometimes it can sometimes be the best um and simplest way to kind of just serve a small amount of what you want but obviously you know when you're kind of progressing throughout like you try and tend to, to not you know go bad habits i guess in photography if that makes sense it's great that you've got your fingers in many editing pies. I mean, yeah. I, I only, I guess my photography career has ended going by your definition because I only use Photoshop. <laughs> hey, I never say it's the be all to end all. Like everyone, everyone each to their own with their own views. Like, I mean, for me, um, personally, I don't, I don't like to be the same all the time. Like if there's one thing that's, if there's one thing I can take away from any situation, my personality shines differently on, other, on everyone. You know, someone might think I'm too chatty, I do agree I'm too chatty, so at least I'm learning about my flaws on that point. But at the same time, someone might find me very insightful because the stuff I'm talking about is literally on that subject and it's not you kind of being, you know, off the point or something like that. And it's the same with photography apps, really, in a way. You can kind of compare the kind of things you have. If the app has enough of what you need, then it's fine, stick with that. But at the same time, it never hurts to venture out of the four walls of what that app is and try something new. I mean, for me, I was never much into photography editing to begin with. I was very adamant. I am okay with a few bits here, a few bits there. But I was never a big editor. But when I started editing, it was the same experience as load, like learning Photoshop. Like, I just learned the new features, learn all this, that and the other. Look at... One thing you should always do, guys... When you're updating your apps or looking at new apps, look at the release notes. The release notes really help you learn new things about new application updates. And I mean, that's one of the thing reasons why I guess I kind of steered away from ViscoCam and more into Avery. Because I, I feel like ViscoCam was being lesser about what I wanted. It doesn't really fit into my edit editing style anymore, but I don't hate it. I'm not all about paying for filters yet. I'm, a, I'm, still, I'm still very manual, if that makes sense. <laughs> yeah, I don't think I'm going to be doing that like ever. Um, <laughs> I don't like buying yeah. things when I can make it myself. <laughs> yeah, it, it's, it's almost like stubborn. Uh, yeah. I think there's only um, there's only one thing else I really want to mention for, for this podcast. But for me, what's really helped me is automation within within Photoshop. Like, yes. um, so that is there's a few different kind of things that you can do with automation. So I use automation, as I said. So if I've got my camera on a tripod, I'll take thirty. Im so I actually did this for my image, like a, like a checklist, basically. Yeah, I, I did this for an image that was like, um, I think I took it like about two years ago. It's of, it's of uh, the center point building sign in front of um, the museum in Trafalgar Square. Anyway, mm. I took about 50 photos that night on a tripod, put them into Photoshop. But what you can do is you can click, I think it's edit, automate, um, statistics, and then click median. If you click median, what it will do is it will automatically 
remove anything that is different between photos. So like it'll look for the it'll look, it'll look for the different variables in it. Yeah, and that's basically what it does. It, it, I will take fifty photos, press one button in Photoshop, and it will it will remove everyone from that image, which is crazy. So yeah. I call it I call, I call it the tourist mode. So <laughs> you know when you're on holiday, and you take you you have this amazing photo in mind, but you can't get the photo because you've yeah. got hundreds of photos. If you stood there for half an hour, took hundred fo- about a hundred photos, you'd be able to put it into Photoshop, press one button, and get rid of all those people. So for me. That's that's really cool. And then there's another automation thing where you can um, click something that says load images into a layer stack. It will automatically put them into layers for you. Oh, yeah. I've, uh, I've used that then, once before and I was I was astounded how good that was. <laughs> yeah, it, it really has saves time. And another thing that really saves time, I was actually speaking to a girl recently who um, took photos at a wedding and I advised her on batch editing things. So if yes. you've got a lot... I mean, you make there's there's two things. You can do primary edits and then secondary edits. So you can do your basic edits, and then you can do you know the, the clone stamping and everything. But if you just want to do the basic edits, it really helps to do batch editing. So you can you can load about however many images you want into Photoshop. Oh, press yeah. a button, and it will it will um, you know edit things in uh, any way you want. So you basically record these actions in Photoshop macros, basically. Then you can literally choose one of these actions. And then it will just edit all these photos within a minute and it, it will save you hours of time. I have to say, I think that's like the number one tip for people. If you want to be editing loads of photos, get on get on the actions and the, the uh, batch editing. Yeah, definitely. I mean, one thing one thing that some photographers are very much about is, is watermarking. I'm, I'm very much against watermarking in certain ways. I mean, your, yeah, I your, your watermark is more subtle. Because you can't, you you kind of you know kind of crack two eggs really, don't you? In the same situation, because like you have the hunt, but at the same time it, it's still your photo because it's got H and N in it. You know what I mean? Mm. Like maybe it's a bit yeah. more subtle sometimes in other photos, but one the one thing that kind of like I like about the idea of batch editing, uh, batch editing, batch editing is that like you were saying, like if you if if you do wedding photography, this is more or less not what an Instagrammer does a lot of the time. But if you're on a job as an Instagrammer, because obviously Instagrammers do you know, do business wheeling and dealing, doing extra things on the side, like not just doing their own Instagram and doing you know, brand deals and stuff. It's not what Instagram is always about. They're establishing their own businesses um, of doing photography. And one of the things that's very much a prominent thing in wedding photography, when you're having really nice romantic photos, is having a vignette. A vignette is, you know, the kind of pinnacle of a photo. It kind of exfoli- exfoliates. I don't know if that's the right word. It, it, um, it focuses on the, you know, the, the subjects, which are the, you know, the bride and the groom together. Or maybe like maybe a family photo. It might more or less be more of the bride and the groom rather than a family photo, depending on how many people are in it. Because vignettes work very, very weirdly in the way that, like, it'll, it'll make people look at it in a certain light, if that makes sense. So, like, if, yeah. if, you, if you really, like, kind of, like, edit it in such a simple way, then you can just literally just go bam, bam, bam. And it makes your life easier. Yeah, you got less work to do at that situation then. But at the same time, like, as as some as someone who loves editing now more than they ever used to, and I'm sure you'll agree, um, it's sometimes nice just to have a bit of automation. It just helps. Yeah, and I, 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 I think that's a, a, a great way to end the, end the podcast. That, that should be our motto, automation always. Yeah. Uh, I think... Yeah, I think that's that's all the that's all the tips I have. I don't really that's that's my life right there yeah. in a, in a podcast. <laughs> <laughs> I think what the best way to end the episode is probably to just like name all of the apps that we've and all like the, you know, the kind of things that we talked about like in smaller detail. Like so, like if if you want to know like certain things that I use, I use Lightroom, Photoshop, 
Pixelmator Pro, Capture 110 and Color uh, Color Strokes. Bear in mind though, if you add all those together in prices, uh, maybe more or less uh, Color Strokes is the cheapest one there. It's only 99p on the Mac store, Mac App Store. But if you add Lightroom, Photoshop, Pixelmator Pro, and Capture 110, you're probably looking at yourself about about 500 quid. So um, I'm not saying I'm not saying what you should do to get them. But obviously, um, you know. If you've got the means, then do it. Um, it's worth it. I mean, maybe less so Capture 110 and Pixelmator Pro because they're more kind of like corporate applications. Maybe not so much Pixelmator. But at the same time, it's always helpful to have the higher grade applications. I know it sounds silly, but like, you know, sometimes the higher quality chocolate tastes the best. So sometimes having the best software, if that makes sense, helps. It helps, but it's never the best. You know, just like kind of simple application bits like that. But obviously, Snapchat, all those other apps, yeah, you know them all. Uh, I like how you like reeled off all those programs. And I'm just going to say, I use Photoshop. And it's for me, it's, I think it's nine nine pounds a month. Does the job, does everything that I said. Says what he uh, says on the tin. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So, but yeah, I think uh, I think that's everything for me. I think that's. That is my my life in a podcast. Um, yeah, I don't know if there's anything else you want to say. No, no. I mean, um, just literally don't don't just take our stuff for granted. You know, um, just literally go out there and look at other apps as well. Like, never stick it to one app all the time. Obviously, Elliot's chosen to do that. It's up to him. It's everyone's decision at the end of the day. But um, yeah, thanks you very much for listening, guys. Don't forget to follow us on Twitter at photographics. Photogra you got it. You nailed it. Yeah. Yay! I nailed it. Um, also, you got on Twitter on um, on uh, Instagram. EN Digital Network and of course if you follow us on you know London Fuse and stuff like that um, or on our own accounts um, we do have a link now that kind of like makes it easier so you can get access to the podcast on other platforms but Apple Podcasts so on and so forth We're, wherever you find us most of the time so yeah cool. yeah I think that's everything well we'll, uh, we'll catch you guys next time and uh, hope everyone has a good time editing yes and also Merry Christmas because we'll be back after Christmas now two weeks away for the next episode yeah. Christmas, yeah, we'll see you for the next episode, probably around the 30th, yeah. Take care. Ooh, catch you. See you catch later, you guys. Bye. Bye. Bye.